This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Monday, November 19th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're talking to tonic reporter Shayla Love about how even though meditation is often marketed as an age-old cure-all, sometimes it can go terribly wrong. Amid all the hype, which is often legitimate, sometimes meditation goes wrong. For a minority of people who try it, meditation can lead to enduring changes in personality and mood. As mindfulness meditation and other varieties seep into many areas of life and health, and especially as more people do it on their own, a small group of experts and civilians are pointing out that it doesn't always do good for the human psyche. Here's Vices on Kita Rao speaking with tonic reporter Shayla Love on the story. Shayla, you stress me out with this piece. In a really good way, though, I think that it really challenged every assumption that I had about meditation. So let's mm-hmm. lay this out here. Your piece is about how meditation and some of these mindfulness exercises that we do in a very small population can have adverse effects. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And, you know, you say that I challenged your assumptions about meditation or mindfulness. And I would say I think the core of this piece argues something that I think everybody agrees with already, actually, which is that meditation is really powerful. Um, The reason that it's so powerful is why so many people have been drawn to it and used it for things like anxiety or just making everyday life easier. Um, It's really powerful. But because of this, some people, like you said, a minority group of people, but maybe more than we think, they interact with this practice and then they end up having really negative psychological effects from it. And those can vary from dissociation, depersonalization, um, old traumas coming up, and then seeping into physiological effects, insomnia, chronic pain, things like that, that you would never think would be associated with something like meditation. Is there a particular type or style of meditation that's leading to this? Or is it sort of across the board just because more people are accessing meditation and doing these self-guided practices that this is happening? Um, So nobody's really been studied this systematically, but just based on the interviews that I performed and the researcher that I spoke to, Willoughby Britton, who studies this, it seems as if a lot of the people were meditating on their own using um, kind of body scanning meditation practices. So that's where you sit and you kind of notice thoughts as they come and then you just let them go afterwards. Um, And then that kind of letting go seems to lead to that kind of depersonalization or dissociation that can happen later on. Um, And when you talk to people who think about the way we've kind of co-opted, honestly, meditative practices into modern life, we really are focusing on that specific type of practice, which is the noticing things and letting them go. And we're not focusing as much on, say, loving kindness meditation, which is a practice that encourages you to notice things that, you know, you're really grateful for and that you really love and that sort of thing rather than just letting everything go. Building on that, I think what's interesting is you talk about almost like a rehab center or a sort of place where people can go if they've had these negative meditation experiences. Can you tell me a little bit about how you found that place and and who's involved with it? 
Yeah. Um, so I actually heard of this when I met a researcher that I didn't end up including this in this story, and she was studying the comparison between hypnosis and meditation. And she mentioned to me that in the lab when she studied people meditating, uh, some people took to it really badly and had a really bad reaction and couldn't finish the study because they didn't want to do it anymore. And that was the first that I had ever heard of somebody doing meditation and, and you know, really having an unpleasant experience. And this researcher that I spoke to told me to look out for Willoughby Britton. And Britton is the director of the Clinical and Effective Neuroscience Laboratory at Brown University. And she, 10 years ago, started to come across these people who meditate, have a really difficult time, and then don't know where to turn, really. You know, they don't know where to go. Everybody thinks meditation is such a wonderful thing. And for many people, it is, but they ended up you know, having no one to talk to about these these problems. Um, so she started a support group called Cheetah House, um, and the name comes from a Sanskrit word Cheetah, C-I-T-T-A, which means mind. And it, this used to this support group used to be run out of her house, um, and then eventually it got so big and got so uh, you know based in so many geographical locations that it's now online. But she gets referrals from meditation centers, from meditation teachers, um, and it crosses nine time zones. And it's a place online that people can come to if they're confused about the responses they're having to meditation and they can go there and find others who have gone through the same thing. For somebody who, you know, has heard about the benefits of meditation and and wants to try this, how important is it to know about this possible difficult side effects that can come out of it? And what should people do? Um, And what do researchers think that they should be doing? I think it is important to be aware that this could happen. What Willoughby Britton stressed to me is that she's been finding it's not just people who have pre-existing mental illness that this could happen to, although that is a significant portion of the people who it does happen to, but it really could happen to anybody. So if you've decided to take on a meditative practice, just be aware of, of what you're feeling. All the people that I spoke to had warning signs where their problems or their friends' problems, their girlfriend's problems suddenly didn't really matter to them. They stopped enjoying the things that they once loved. You know, they started to have kind of out-of-body experiences or when they were talking, they didn't know whose voice it was that was speaking, things like that. I mean, those are warning signs that seem to have crept up on people slowly. And, you know, if you notice those things happening, it doesn't mean that meditation isn't for you, but maybe the style of meditation that you're doing isn't for you. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that kind of noticing and letting things go style of practice and you should try something else. We're all meditating with apps nowadays. And perhaps until we really understand meditation better, you shouldn't meditate totally by yourself in a really, really intense way until you're sure that it's not going to affect you negatively. So five or 10 minutes a day, probably fine. If you're doing an hour a day, two hours a day, completely on your own, um, that's something in which perhaps it's best to seek out a teacher or a group or just other people who are doing it as well. So you have a kind of support network in place in case things start to go wrong. Tell me a little bit about the physiological part of this, because as you mentioned in your piece, our brain has the capacity to both read 
positive and negative effects from the same practice. Yeah. And um, what Dr. Britton told me is that many of the mechanisms that are responsible for the benefits of meditation may also be contributing to some of the bad side effects that people um, experience as well. So meditation has been shown in studies to strengthen the prefrontal cortex, which is an area of your brain that's related to attention and also executive control. So it keeps your emotion centers under control. Um, what that will lead to is a reduction in like your emotional response to stuff. So if stuff happens in your everyday life and you respond to it really intensely, toning that down can be a great thing. And people find that when they meditate, they're able to deal with stressors in their life uh, in, a, in a lot more easy way. But the problem is, is that if you meditate too much, that same process for some people can go too far. So then you won't only kind of be overly controlling negative emotions, but positive ones too. So some people complain after meditating that they lose all their emotions completely. Um, so that's just an example of how the same mechanism that's conferring such benefit to some people, it might explain why in, in others, it's just going too far. And you have a meditation practice yourself. This is something you've tried before. How have you been affected by it? And, and do you think that any of this will change the way you look at meditation? Uh, definitely. I mean, I think I, so I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I've been told many times that mindfulness or meditation would be really helpful for me. Um, and so I've dabbled in it and I've tried using the same apps that the people in the story used. And personally, one of my obsessions is sensory obsession. So it's an obsession about my body and what it's doing. So if I sit and meditate and focus on what my body is doing, that's kind of exacerbating a pre-existing obsession that I already have. So I know that for me, that's probably not the best thing for me to sit for an hour a day and focus on. Um, maybe for somebody else who has trouble feeling grounded in their body, that would be a great practice for them. But for me, it's not. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean that meditation is bad or good. It's all about what's good for you individually. But being open to the fact that a type of meditation is bad for me is important too, right? We can't just say that this is a cure-all for everybody. Um, so I actually meditate when I'm going to sleep. Um, that's been the best version of it in my life, kind of uh, doing body scans that aren't um, so fixated on like the, I can't really focus on my heartbeat without making myself more anxious, but body scans that focus just on larger body parts um, and using that. So that's, that's the way that meditation fits into my life, and that's probably the way it'll stay. You can read Shayla's full article at tonic.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Wednesday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.